last time on Join the Party. We got flips. And like flip up onto the market roof. <laughs> flips. Joe the camel jumps all the way up in the air, does a full somersault, oh and lands on his feet. And more flips. I'm going to pull a javelin out of my bag and try to pull vault over the albino bison. Our party people recovered the kidnapped prince, but everyone is not having a great day. I am not having a good day. <laughs> All right, thanks, Alonzo. Grab your golden fiddle. It's time to meet a devil. Let's get the party started. You are now walking back to the market. And just remember, it's all three of you. Tracy, you are very covered in mud. Johnny B, you are riding on Joe the Camel wearing running shoes. And Inara, you have a new little friend. Even though she blinks away every few seconds, she's still my friend. Yeah, tell me, you know, tell me about the dog. I want to know about the dog. Uh, Absolutely. So this dog is a beautiful French bulldog. She is uh, a she. She is kind of like toffee or caramel colored. She has spots that are white and dark brown. And I have decided to name her Oatcake. Oh, that's adorable. If she's amenable. I don't want to like assign her name if she has one already. But we're sort of like bonding. My animal handling check was a nat 20. It was a 20. If you recall. So very quietly at the back of the pack. Uh, hi. I I hope you're okay with with the name Oatcake. Do you have a different one? Uh, the French Bulldog looks up at you. And again, she focuses on you for like the second time now. She's kind of like watching her bag. And you know, she looks up at you. And um, imperceptibly, she kind of like nods. And then she keeps like walking right behind you and looking at your bag. And, uh, and do you want those boxing gloves back? I thought that they were what was making you flash into the sort of ethereal plane. But um, if you need them back, I'm, I'm happy to give them to you. Yeah, she tries to jump up. I guess we'll just call her Oatcake now. Oatcake tries to jump up on your bag, and she like gets two paws on the bottom of it, and then she just falls back down. Yeah, and she keeps just pawing at your legs and jumping up a little bit. Oh yeah, because I'm tiny. She comes up to like my hip. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sure. I'll I'll just kneel down super quick and and pull them right out of my pack and drape them adorably around her little neck. All right. Yeah. So now she definitely seems satisfied, but she has not blinked away yet. She's still walking after you. Cool. And I'm just gonna very quietly say. I'm glad you're here, Oatcake. Oatcake walks over to you and licks your hand. Thanks. All right. You are all seem pretty tired. Alonzo is still very unhappy. And he walks you through the market, and there are kind of, like, citizens still, like, busying around. Uh, Alonzo has kind of, like, pulled whatever cloak that he had as, like, his James disguise over his face. But he's not wearing all the, the Remember, the beard was pulled off. But he still, like, walks through the market deftly, and he goes over to a giant turkey leg stand and buys everybody, including Oatcake and Joe the Camel, turkey legs. Very big turkey legs. Yay. For the record, this is the same size as Anara's head. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And actually, like, they all get the same size. Joe the Camel eats it in, like, one big gulp, and, like, Oatcake is just kind of, like, gnawing at it. Tracy's done! <laughs> Did you, like, wipe it up? I don't even know how you did that. One more, please! <laughs> a little door opens in Tracy's belly under his cloak, and he just inserts the uh, the turkey leg in there for processing. Uh, I'm also going to count that as a short rest because Yay! it was a very Yay! delicious turkey leg. Y'all get, I'll get your spells back. Um, so we also get some hit points back, and uh, I get some of my rages back, right? Yeah, so you get some of your rages Great. back. Do I don't lose anything. anything. Nah, I'm scrappy little flippy team. True. Ooh, now I can uh, make Joe invisible. Johnny, how did that turkey leg taste after a day of intense hunger? I got to tell you. (laughs) It has been an age (laughs) since I've had such a good turkey leg. Actually, the owner of the stand, the turkey leg stand, kind of like perks up and says, Review me on Yelp! Thank you! Yelp! It's just actually us yelling at each other and telling each other that we're good at things. (laughs) Johnny, 
using prestidigitation, since we've decided it can also amplify voices now, yeah. shouts, this is the best turkey leg I've ever had. And then Tracy kind of like leans over like kind of on top of Johnny, trying to like get in on that prestidigitation action. And is like, <laughs> yeah, this is really good. I love it so much. But like, it doesn't actually get amplified. It's just really quiet. Because <laughs> microphone, it's not a microphone. It's not a microphone, no. Not. no. So after everyone's kind of satiated, how's everyone feeling? Tracy feels great. You know how I feel. I reviewed it on Yelp. <laughs> Inara's kind of uncomfortable at how much she cares about Oatcake's happiness, and the two of them are super happy together. You know, you look down, and there's just a bone. All the meat is gone. From Oatcake's yeah. turkey leg? Yeah. Hungry girl. She's worked really hard, blinking in and out and stuff. True. And uh, Alonzo says... All right, uh, we we have a job to do. I mean, you stuck me out for a reason. Uh, let's go. Let's go do it. And uh, Tracy just starts walking like down the marketplace. He doesn't know where he's going, but he's sure of it. Yeah, Alonzo walks in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tracy, not wanting to lose face, sees everyone walking the opposite direction and turns on a dime in like a really fancy fashion and twirls his cape, and then follows behind him. Alonzo leads you through the market, and he takes a sharp right, kind of like right in the middle that y'all just ran through during the chase. Um, he then takes a series of turns left and then right, and then right again and then left, and you're actually in a more residential area. There's definitely still some markets there, but it's very much off like the main drag. And you come to a two-story building of some sort. There's a gate at the front, which actually has some sort of, like, really intricate lock on the front of it with, like, a lot of pins and, like, wires and stuff. And there are, like, gears, too. Some of the gears don't actually look like it's connected to anything, but it's just, like, a whole mess of stuff right on the front. There's also, coming from the second-story window that's facing, like, the road is, like, a really, really long metal tube the end has a really wide mouth on it. It's like a giant blowhorn, almost. It's also like made out of scraps, so it's like not actually just one tube. It's like a bunch of different like things cobbled together. Is it a slide? It is not. No, it's not a slide. Damn it! <laughs> it's pretty small. It's like the size of a head. It's behind the gate, though. No, it's like in front of the gate. It like comes all the way up over through the window and like in front of the gate. Inara walks over to the mouth of this fantasy shofar and says inside, Hey, I like your gate. Can we come in? Password. Password. Oatcake? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, shofar makes a very loud buzzing noise and goes, uh, Any help, guys? Any ideas? Tracy goes over to the uh, box of, like, wires and gears. Yeah. Um, is that, like, attached? Yeah, it, it's a lock, but it's a very intricate, confusing lock. Okay. Now, you said it has gears yeah. and wires, mm -hmm. and that seems very familiar. So Tracy's going to try to figure it out. Oh, okay. Can I make an investigation check to see exactly what's going on in the box? Sure. 14. Okay. It's definitely a lock, and it's definitely something that's holding the gate shut. And it's definitely, like, has some sort of mechanic in there that's triggered by something, but you cannot figure out what it is. Cool. I think, uh, you know, last resort, we can, we, can figure this, we can figure this lock out. But uh, last resort, I could also break this gate down. But who are we even, is this, who are we, whose house is this, Alonzo? Oh, yeah, this is Cole's house. Don't, no, please don't break the thing. I got, I got it. It's fine. Can you just talk to Cole, Alonzo? Yeah, that was the plan, dog. I got it. My my bad. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It wasn't. Oh, it's not your dog's name. You got. The, oh, okay. I should. I should get really excited to like name a name a dog. I know. I. Oh, okay. Okay. Alonzo goes over to the gate and actually jangles it three times in succession, and the shofar goes again. Password. And a very serious, almost solemn, Alonzo says, Galaxatron. Password accepted. 
and the gate opens. The lock kind of just like unfurls and unspools. It comes like actually all the way apart and like totally opens and the gates swing out. Now it's Galaxatron case sensitive. <laughs> Tracy, no. you would fail a recapture. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I take uh, special attention to look at how the lock unfurls to try to you know learn more about this kind of machinery and lock as it's probably something I've never seen before, and maybe I can learn something. In R2, after her epic fail of a lockpicking attempt back in that bedchamber in the castle, she's trying to learn way more about locks than she knew before. And Tracy's already, like, in front of the lockbox, so all three of us are just, like, checking this lockbox out way too hard. Yeah, this lock is very impressive. You've actually never seen a lock open like that. Ordinarily, it would be, like, a padlock, you know, just kind of opens up and then out. But this actually fully unfurls and it actually stays on top of the gate as well. This is even more intricate than, let's say, the magic gun, which is a piece of machinery and you kind of know how those things work, but this is way more intricate than that. So Tracy makes a mental note of how the gears are interlocked, and um, in his head he's thinking he might be able to upgrade himself a little better later. Cool. I'm also going to tie whatever reins uh, Joe has to the fence there so that he stays and doesn't wander off. Okay, it's coming with me, so. Joe tries to bite at you, but you dodge out of the way. Alonzo then walks confidently through the gate, and the door at the bottom is open, and he just kind of walks in. He becomes very serious all of a sudden, like nearly reverent. And there are kind of like these rickety stairs that just go up, and there's another landing at the top of the stairs, and then another open door. What's the light situation in God. the front area of the... <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, as you open the door, the light streams through. There is no actual light on the stairs. However, the open door is extremely bright. actually gets brighter all of a sudden and then shrinks back, and then gets brighter all of a sudden and then shrinks back. Hey, Alonzo, how should I be acting right now? You seem kind of uh, sullen all of a sudden. Uh, Alonzo kind of stops on the stairs. Uh, just, you know, Tracy, just, just be quiet. Just keep your hands to yourself and be quiet. Fair point. Yeah, just be quiet. Thanks. And Alonzo continues up the stairs. Tracy follows a little eagerly, a little too eagerly after him. I take out my quarterstaff just to hold and use to walk it with me because I also am <laughs> casting light on it to have it shine brightly and it be a source of light as I walk through as I'm not sure of the consistency of the light in this area. And I've got my hand on my rapier, but um, my other hand down on O'Cake's collar and we're just advancing together. All right. Alonzo pushes open. The door was kind of like half open. He kind of pushes it all the way through and walks through the door. And I, all of you follow him. Inside is one of the most jam-packed rooms you've ever seen in your entire life. It's not a particularly large room, but it has shelving everywhere. And it's jammed with all types of stuff. There are gears and bolts and like scraps of metal. There's a whole like potted plant section. There's a whole wall that is just like all books. And uh, there's even stuff hanging from the ceiling. You realize that there's only two sources of light, but they're extremely bright. One is a floating orb over an easy chair, which is kind of shoved in the corner next to the bookshelf. And the other one is coming from a workbench that is taking up the opposite corner. And in that corner, you see a hooded figure that is about six feet tall, and the hand it is extended out and just bursts of blue flame are coming off of it. And it seems like this figure is soldering something. It's this massive piece of metal. And as you look closer, the metal is actually a torso. And there's a big leg, too. And a big puffy arm. And a head that is not really a head. It's just like just the skull. And there's a big freaking hole right in the center of it. And you can't see what the figure is doing because it's hooded and cloaked, but you can tell that whatever they're doing is their harder work. 
And Alonzo steps forward, and it keeps you all in the doorway. And Alonzo says, Oh, mighty demon, I need your help. Please let me prostrate myself at your feet, and I need your guidance, please. And the <laughs> hooded figure turns around and looks at Alonzo, and the flames stop from their hand. Tracy is kind of like, he's holding himself back via Alonzo, but is chomping at the bit to try to figure out what is happening with this possible Warforged robot buddy. Would I be able to identify either of the light spells and the fire spell using Arcana or just passive wisdom? Uh, yeah, sure. I gotta say, you're pretty aware of, of just light things in general. Oh, yeah. You can tell the one in the corner is coming from a drift globe which is actually an orb that projects the spell Daylight. The other one, you can't really tell, but the blue flames are not regular light flames. There are some magic, some infernal magic biz happening there. Foolish mortal, you dare enter my domain. And oh, Alonzo, you, you brought guests. Oh, hi, how's it going, guys? And then the robe comes off, and you see a tiefling woman with big ram horns. Uh, yeah, this is a tiefling woman. She has a uh, dark purple skin and uh, lots of sharp teeth, uh, but also has a pair of like really outmoded goggles just pushed up on her head. And she seems genuinely happy to see all of you, including Alonzo. But at this point, even when she's turned her tone, uh, Alonzo is still kind of very solemn and prostrated. In fact, he's now down on the ground. He's kind of begging. He says, Oh, Cole, I need your help. I don't know what's happening to me, please. I stopped time. It was terrible. Okay, Lonzo, Lonzo. All right, stand up. Sorry, this is kind of a thing we do. Lonzo doesn't really know what a tiefling is, so I kind of had a little bit of a joke with him. You know, I'm a great demon that he has to fear and respect and do all these things for, but really, I'm just, I'm, I'm an alchemist. Oh, Del Cole, I need your help. Oh, God, please stop. <laughs> Please get up, Alonzo, please. What's up? Alonzo walks in and he holds the medallion out for the first time. And actually, this is the first time you've seen it, not on his neck. And it shines in a way that you have not seen before. It like glints in like a bunch of different colors, not just like white, but like the whole rainbow kind of glints off of it. At this point, he's holding it out in... He's not, like, disgusted by it. It's not like he's holding out, like, the garbage for someone to take off of him, but he's not as sure with it as you saw him when he was practicing out on the training field. Oh, was the medallion in his hand when he was doing that? Yeah, he was wearing that, and he was, like, mm. holding it as he was gesturing. Uh, yeah, so, hi, miss. Really love your look. Just really, really good one there. Thanks. Um, we are trying to figure out what this medallion is all about. Totally froze time during a wedding. I'm trying to figure out what you're doing! Hold on, first off, Lonzo, congratulations on the wedding. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. On behalf of Galaxitron and you, it's representative. Cool. All right, so let's let's check this thing out. Ah, shit, this is old as beans, Lonzo. Where'd you get this from? Uh, my dad gave it to me. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. This is a relic from the long-standing Kiko line, and it comes from, like, a millennia ago, Lonzo. It is from the centering. Oh, beans. Yeah, beans, dude. Beans. Uh, Alonzo has a look of recognition on his face that you haven't seen before. And he walks over to the easy chair and he flops down on it. Now he's just, like, thinking. Uh, so does this relic stop time? That's really what I'm here to find out. I mean, I... It, listen... It is a one-of-a-kind relic. I don't know exactly everything it does or anything, but this thing goes back thousands of years. This is insane. Um, if you check that Lonzo, grab that book over there, uh, the one with the red binding. Without looking, he just kind of reaches over his head and grabs this big red book and brings it over to her and puts it in her hand. Now, look at this. And she opens up the book and she flips through a couple pages and then shows you an engraving in the book with a dude who looks surprisingly like Lonzo with a medallion around his neck. I want you all to make history rolls for me. <laughs> 16. 11. 
I got a six. Damn, son. <laughs> Tracy lives in the now, guys. Yeah, I'm not about that history. Past. Tracy, you forgot what you had for lunch two days ago. <laughs> uh, Johnny B, you remember stuff from your upbringing. You remembered this tale of the centering. And this is actually a tale that like everyone in the concentric states know. Uh, about a millennia ago, there was a giant battle that everyone kind of tells stories and sings songs about. And there was a big crew of monsters that came from somewhere. No one's actually really sure, but a bunch of heroes got up and fought them off. This is actually how the concentric states were formed. Each one of those five heroes ended up founding each one of the five cities of the concentric states. And you figure out from looking at the book and you're putting these things together that the guy in the book is the great, 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 20 times over great grandfather of Alonzo Kiko. And he founded Fidopolis. I relate all that information as quickly and efficiently as possible to everyone in the room. And Alonzo, I'm pretty sure I know a guy. You could sell that and make a lot of money if you really need it. Um, Alonzo, please don't do that. I don't I don't want I don't wanna. Obviously I'm kidding. Here's the issue. He's been trying to do some magic for a while and it's either working or not working. He's in no control, and I'm worried about it hurting him or others. No control? Are you watching me? Dwayne, did you see me out there when I was practicing? Oh, did you guys see me when I was practicing? That's, oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh, is that what you were doing today in the courtyard, Alonzo? I thought you were just, like, stretching your elbow really aggressively. Yeah, that's what I was doing before you interrupted me by being carried by giant hummingbirds. Cole just goes, oh, snap, and then high-fives Inara. Inara never wants to leave. She has a cool, older, purple-skinned aunt to learn from. Gosh. While this conversation is happening, Tracy has actually snuck over to the object that the blue flames were being shot at and is kind of uh, investigating a little bit. Can, can, can you not touch Alabaster, please? Uh, sh- sure. Thank you. Uh, and then Tracy continues to investigate the robot thing. Do a stealth check for me. I rolled a 16. Yeah, okay. You duck out of the way, and Cole can no longer watch you investigating the big metal thing. Uh, What are you looking for, specifically? Nothing specifically. He just sees a being that is very similar to him and is very interested in whether it has life or whether it is a actual just like automaton who has no agency or uh, if it's even like functional or put together at all. Tight. Uh, investigate for me. Uh, 12. This thing is definitely different than you. It's all metal. Uh, it does not have any life. You even kind of like wave your hand in front of its face or it actually doesn't really have a face but where its face would be. And there's nothing going on in there. It's not complete, obviously. It's a torso and a leg and just a head and one arm. But uh, you see some similarities, but it is not the same thing as you. Tracy continues to just, like, look it over. Cole, right? You're Cole? Yeah. So you've been helping Alonzo with his magic or just with his alchemy? No, he just, you know, he stops by. He is interested in the tinkering. He kind of, like, likes to sneak out of the castle and get to know the commoners every once in a while, so I let him hang around the... I'm a man of the people! He's not. (laughs) Inara gives him a little nod, like, nice. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the first you've heard of him doing any sort of magic or any magical skill, correct? Yeah, he's just a dude normally. I really haven't seen him do any magic stuff. I'd like to roll a insight to make sure that that I see whether or not I believe her. I got a 19 on my insight check. Oh, yeah. She's very much telling the truth. Okay. If this is supposed to be one of the relics from the centering, which I obviously know everything about. Clearly. Clearly. Why was it just given to him and not kept in a safe and never shared with anyone? Uh, I can, okay, I can answer that. Uh, Alonzo walks over and stands in the circle (laughs) as you've all assembled. Yeah, no one knows this is magical. 
No one knew after la- before last night. Actually, this is just a. It's an heirloom. I mean, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I get married uh, to another really powerful guy, uh, and our families are coming together. We're actually consolidating power for the first time in like the entire history of these states. And I mean, I'm going to be next in line for you know city representative. It's a big deal. So that's why I got it for my wedding. So as soon as you decide to work with one of the other concentric states, suddenly this relic that has never worked starts working? Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to put it that way. Hmm. And, like, objects have intention sometimes, man. It, it seems like it was trying to save Greg's life. So maybe it, it wants power to be consolidated. And if that's true, that's kind of suspicious. I don't trust it! This has, I think, big implications for you. Are you ready to deal with that? Or are you just going to, you know, continue being your noble self and not worry? Uh, one, yes. Two, weren't you in jail like 24 hours ago, man? Like, don't tell me about my life. Um, I just we- got married. Like, chill. I, You know what? I, I figured out everything that I need to do. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm heading out. Y- y'all can figure your way out. I mean, you're free now. Cool. Tight. I'll see y'all later. Hey, who locked us in our room? I don't know. Probably the guards who work there. See you later. Hey, why? Hey, what's the deal? Can we get that breakfast sometime? There was no turndown service! Despite Alonzo leaving, uh, Inara still has some questions. So, uh, Cole, ma'am, again, just gotta say, love the look. Just love it so much. Um, Do you know who we can ask to learn more about this medallion? I just feel like, you know, we just gotta, we gotta figure out what what this deal was. It it was quite a moment. Honestly, as far as I can tell, the medallion hasn't been active in since the centering. So you probably should stick with the guy who, you know, has it. So maybe you should go after Alonzo. He's not particularly good at fending for himself as far as I can tell. So he might need a little bit of backup. First, can you give me some stuff? Your room is full of amazing things. I, okay, hold on. If you promise me that you're gonna look after Alonzo, I have some stuff for you. Uh, Nara whispers to herself, totally was gonna do that anyway. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yes, totally. Cole kind of shrugs off the robe that she was wearing with the big hood. And she just kind of like hands it out, I guess just to Inara, because she's the one who asked. And this robe, it's a little big on you, definitely. But you check it out, and there are a bunch of patches on it. There's one that has an angry-looking dog on it. There's one that has a dagger. There's one with a lantern. One with a mirror. And one with a metal door. Listen, by the way, when you use it, make sure you feed Cerberus before he does what he's supposed to do, okay? Inara's eyes widen. Who is Cerberus? You'll find out. Inara just rolls with it, bro. It looks great. What color is it? A leather black. Cool, cool, cool. Goes with my whole look. Thanks, Cole. Really great. Uh, Maybe I'll be back sometime. You seem like you have a lot to teach me. Uh, Thanks. And she runs down the stairs after Alonzo just to catch up with him and also to kind of see where he's going, if he's just going back to the castle or if he's going to go somewhere where he can get more information because I want to know whatever he knows and maybe he has more resources or places to go that we don't know about yet. Tracy slowly walks over Cole and is like, Um, what? Hey, what's what what's going on over there? Oh, Alabaster? Al? Um, he's just, you know, a little pet project that I'm working on right now. What what does that mean? He's that's his name. His name is Alabaster. He's he's an iron golem. You know, I'm I'm making him. He looks like me. Yeah, I guess. What what's happening? I I'm just making him to help around the workshop and stuff. You're giving life to this to this being to be your slave. I mean, he's not gonna be a... Do you, do you not know how golems work? I don't. Okay. Why don't you make an arcana check to look at Alabaster? 18. Okay. You realize that this thing does not have any life, and it's unlike you. Whatever is powering you, you're not exactly sure. 
but you look at the hole at the top of his head and you kind of realize that's where a power source might go. And maybe if you were to put the right thing in there, it would turn on. Tracy is, whether or not he fully understands exactly what the dynamics of this relationship or whether the specifics of life is happening, he is he is not thrilled about seeing the visage of another being close to him about to be, in his mind, forced into servitude. Cole, sensing the change in feeling in the room, reaches to her back and pulls out a gun. This gun looks a lot like the magical gun that y'all saw before, but again, much like the lock, it is all tricked the hell out. It has gears and wires, and it's kind of even sparking a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's not get hasty. Johnny places a hand on Tracy's shoulder and another hand on the Book of Light and casts light throughout Tracy's body. Tracy, why don't you take a seat and relax? Nothing is happening here that is not appropriate and okay in the eye of the light. Tracy takes a deep breath in and looks at Johnny and goes into sentry mode. Excuse my friend, Cole. He is older and wiser than all of us, but still doesn't quite have all of his uh, memories and knowledge patched up together to fully understand what's happening here. Could I peruse through your library uh, for for a little bit? Uh, Cole holsters her gun back and just like, you can do whatever you want, just watch your robot. Good enough. Very fair. Johnny takes a look at... The bookshelves. Is there a particular book that would catch his attention, knowing his interest in, let's say, duality, uh, light, and I'll go for concentric uh, states as well, and the the centering. You take a look at the library. It's a lot of mechanics, a lot of stuff that you've actually never seen before. There's stuff about the melding of magic and tech together. Um, there's stuff about gunmanship and like vehicle repair. There's uh, the art of magical motorcycle diaries. I love that book. I love that book. I love that book so much. Cole looks over at you. It's a good book. Oh, I've read it. It's very good. There's not a lot of straight up magic stuff, like wizard tomes to like learn about, but there is some histories about uh, the concentric states, to some basic primers, stuff that you would assume that everyone would have in their home. If it's a little bit on concentric, I actually would like to see, like, what would be the closest of the melding of magic and machine to my comprehension level to see if maybe I could use that to help Tracy and or understand more some of, like, the objects like the arcane gun that we saw. Yeah, there's a book that you see all the way on the bottom that hasn't been touched in a very long time, and it says, My First Warforged, and it's a picture, it's a picture book. And it's kind of like Ikea instructions about how to care for your Warforged. Would it be possible for me to either borrow or purchase, if need be, this book? As you can see, my friend has not fully recovered from a very, very, very long sleep. And it would be, I think, even in all of our interest for him to be closer to full operation. (laughs) Cole takes the book, looks at it, and goes... I mean, I haven't read it in a while. She takes a quill from her uh, workbench, writes her name in it from the library of Cole, and hands it to you saying, just make sure you return it, okay? I want to give it to my kids someday. Uh, Johnny, as you start perusing it, as you walk out the door, you're actually starting to learn some stuff about Warforged that you didn't know before. And I'm going to give you advantage whenever you try to turn on Tracy's rage button. Cole, before we go, Inara's obviously following Alonzo, and, you know, she is the sneakiest that I know. She seems super sneaky. V sneaky, bro. I'm hip and cool. Listen, if you were Alonzo and in a bad mood and all torn up, could you maybe help us out in where we could possibly go to either catch up or, you know head in the direction of our friend so we can make sure he doesn't get into trouble. 
Nicole kind of adjusts her work belt and she says, you know, he probably went to the uh, the open air green markets just down the way, make a right and then a left and then two rights and then you're all set. Excellent. I uh, place my hand on Tracy's shoulder again and say, it's time for us to go. Alonzo needs us. Tracy, uh, his eyes light back up and uh, he starts walking towards the door. Before we go, take this. It's my card. Use it to contact me if you need any help, and uh, hopefully we talk again soon. I'm worried about this kid, and I'm sure you are too. Cole takes the card and says, um, okay, thanks. Um, watch out for your robot. I don't want him hurting anyone on the street because he gets angry about other robots. He's a good kid. Okay. He's just misunderstood. Gotcha. And on the way out of the door, Tracy kind of pretends he's adjusting his great axe, but then uses the butt of it to knock a potted plant over and smash it on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And then walks out the door. We walk through the gates and in the direction that Cole gave us to head towards where Alonzo presumably could be. Hey, it's Amanda. This is the one day in mid-August that feels like fall, where you wake up a little chilly because for once there is a breeze and you get to break out your favorite cardigan and wear jeans to work. Jeans, in August. Anyway, welcome to the mid-roll. Congrats to Robert, who won our D&D hat giveaway. We loved doing this and we want to bring you more of them in the future. In the meantime, though, you can and should keep sharing the show with your friends in person or online. We are at Join the Party Pod everywhere, and if you ever quote the show or send our links to your buddies or draw fan art, we love fan art. Do me a favor and stick hashtag Join the Party Pod on there. It helps us catch all the nice stuff you're saying about us. Speaking of nice stuff, we started a channel in our Discord, our chat room for patrons, for people to post photos of their pets, and it is my literal favorite thing in the world. Everything from puppies to cats to squirrels to birds, it's incredible. And our new patrons are also incredible. Thank you to Isaac and Brendan and to Anne for upgrading her pledge. We're very happy to have you in our community. And if you, listener, want to join, and you should, we have so much bonus content every single week for you. Just head on over to patreon.com slash join the party pod. I'm also really excited to tell you that we are sponsored this week by Baron Fig, a company that makes tools for thinkers. Their notebooks, pens, and bags are designed with an eye toward simplicity, usefulness, and community. We got the Black Box series, which have sort of limited edition, really beautiful covers. It's a series of three soft cover notebooks. There's one called Work Play. There's a starter edition, a really cool like leather cover for your notebook. I know when I put mine in my backpack, it always gets kind of dented at the corners. And we love their messenger bags also. All of us use backpacks or messenger bags on the subway every day. And these ones are pretty beautiful. But anyway, they sent us some to try out and we actually unboxed them on mic for you. So here is that. So we have our beautiful notebooks from Baron Fig here in front of us. Uh, I am going to un- unfurl mine now. I'm so excited. Mine's a secret. Brandon's so excited to be editing together all these sounds of plastic opening. Yeah. I'm having difficulty. So I don't even know what mine's going to be. I don't know either. Know it. They're all black boxes. There is oh, actually print on it, I don't. Though. I kind of just wanted to have this box. Just I know. For, Can I have the notebook things. inside if you're not going to no, use it? No, you cannot. Ooh. <laughs> I yes! Am, I'm still Look struggling. at this print. It's so pretty. This is so <gasps> cool. Two? Uh, okay, so we have two kind of three? Three. Hey. Oh, shit. Uh, like soft bound, beautiful grid notebooks in front of us. Wait for Johnny, y'all. One they of have... them is lighthouse themed. One of them is space themed with cactuses and UFOs. Hold on, did you? One of them has like Sasquatch footprints did you and guys the not Northeast get this Forest. We have it. And binoculars and a la- Look, there's a lamp. Mysteries exist at the edge of the imagination. The unknown demands that we fill in the blanks. This edition is based on three mysteries that inspire people around the world to think and question. Can you name them? Ooh, let's Ooh, figure the out these mysteries. This uh, is so spooky. So one of them looks like a hiking trail. I'm going to guess it's Bigfoot. The it's green Bigfoot. one. Yeah, oh, that's definitely that's Bigfoot. Super Bigfoot. Okay. And then we got definitely. space, which is like life out in space. UFOs, oh, no. Aliens. This is uh, aliens. It's, um, there's Bermuda. a cactus on it. So it's uh, Area 450. 
Yeah, it's Roswell. Nice. And 51. then is uh is this other one? It's kind of nautical. It's got a plane, a lighthouse, Could it be, anchor. It's a Bermuda oh, Triangle. This is you, awesome. You stole you stole my big reveal. I'm sorry, I got so excited. <laughs> these are beautiful though, this man. So these cool. are really good notebooks. I love the dots. I could definitely make some really good maps on this. This iconography oh, yeah, they all dotted. Amazing. Yes, they yeah, are. These are all dots. I like the size too. Like it'll fit in any any like purse or backpack or something, and it's not so big that it'll like get all bendy. The best part. It should lay flat. It does. It does. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so excited. I'm such a nerd for all this, like, um, mystery stuff. These are beautiful. And this is exactly what I wanted in a notebook. I'm going to track Bigfoot with this. (laughs) Guys, I'm I'm quitting my job. I'm going to be a Bigfoot tracker. Are you starting a new podcast? Yeah, it's called Bigfoot Little Eric. That's really oh, good. Wow. That's, that's, that's not bad. bad. That's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> I was so ready. I was so ready to like just be like, no, bad. I, I, that was nice. But listen, good. pretty good. So thank you, Baron Fig. Thank Woo. you, Baron Fig. This is awesome. Gracias. You can get ten percent off your order at baronfig.com with the code join the party, all one word, lowercase, through September fifteenth, twenty seventeen. Thank you so much to Baron Fig for being our very first sponsor, for making very cool and beautiful stuff, and for repping Queens, New York in style. And now, back to the party. We walk out of Cole's home, and I uh, unhook Joe from the fence, hopefully dodging another arm suck from Joe. Oh, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Nah, Joe, Joe Nat 20. <laughs> He's full on gnawing on your elbow. <laughs> um, it's very squishy. I eventually get Joe to release me and uh, guide him towards the market in the direction that I was given from Cole. Yeah, Nanar actually is jogging up to you guys as you start to leave the house. I tried really hard to find Alonzo, but embarrassingly and weirdly, I was unable to find him. It's like he just disappeared right into the market. So Okake and me are uh, jogging back up to you guys to join you. Hey, I know her! Anara, you weren't able to find him. No, I don't know. He must, you know, spend a lot of time here and, and know all the back routes to the castle. You know, really recognizable like he is. Much loved by the people, I, I assume. Uh, and it's very clear that she is trying to justify her own inability to find him in the market. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Hey, guys, you know what we need? We need to go shopping. Shopping! shopping! It has been an age since I've shopped. <laughs> and you get you get like a whole shopping montage. There's some <laughs> yes! synth, there's synth below it. And you go to a clothing store, and then Tracy comes out with like a big boa, and like Johnny comes out with like a really big hat, and Anara just like has like a whole skater outfit, and <laughs> you do it to like shake your head no, and there's a whole bunch of that. You guys splash around in a fountain, and then like a guard comes out and is like, hey, get, get out of the thing, and you're like, ugh, and then you, you jump out and you run around. And we totally find like cute sunglasses and hats for Joe and Oatcake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you all get ice cream, and you're Aww. just like licking it. I, I put my bow around Okay. I'm just saying as a player, I'm so happy this is what's happening. <laughs> we deserve it. We did a chase. We did all this. We this get, is exactly we get foot what we massages at uh, one of those yes. little stations. Yeah. We're feeling really refreshed. No, but seriously, Anara wants to find some cool shit. <laughs> I was going to say that this montage has been so impactful that it's like you feel refreshed almost, and it's like you've taken a long rest. And everyone can have their HP Ooh, back and everything. Yay. Didn't lose any, but yay. There you go. But you you just feel really bouncy. <laughs> As you walk by the green market to see if Alonzo's there, and you all kind of check it out. Yeah, he's not there. You walk up and down the stalls, and um, you even pick up some fruit, and it smells mighty fine. Uh, but he's not there. All right, guys, Alonzo isn't here. Maybe he went back to the castle to be with Greg. It seems like they haven't spent their day after their wedding together very much. Uh, we should just go look for some cool stuff before we go back to the castle. Yeah, we were supposed to get some sort of reward, right? We should definitely go back at some point. I know, they were all like, freedom's its own reward, man. But like, we were, you know, in, in justly <laughs> jailed in the first place. Totally true. All right, so what exactly, what do you want? What are you looking for? Some cool shit. No, Inara wants more things to use in battle, in chases. Those ball bearings were awesome. And I want to find cool switchblade, cool stuff to throw, little, like, throwing knife thing. 
and I definitely want to replace that file that I lost from my lockpick because that is mad embarrassing to have a uh, an incomplete thieves tools kit. Mm-hmm. Tracy wants to, uh, I think, in his mind, he wants to find something that's going to help him protect his friends even more. So maybe like some armor or a big axe, like a bigger axe or whatever it is. He's, he doesn't have anything specific in mind, but uh, he definitely wants to look for uh, like some kind of surplus store or something. Johnny for sure tried to spread the joy of light before, and that got him in jail when he was doing his <laughs> light show. So with this new book on uh, Warforged and with his previous experience, you know, helping uh, Tracy come back from his long slumber, I think it'd be interesting to get any kind of materials to maybe toy around and learn more from the Warforged book to learn more about a machine magic combination type skill that it seems he may kind of know, but also should probably learn. Okay. As you are walking out of the green market, you walk by kind of like a guard surplus store. It has like shields and like spears and swords out front and like advertising like low, low, low prices. Is it called the Watchtower? Sure, yeah, it's called the Watchtower. Thank you. The 50% off Watchtower. <laughs> Do you want to go in? Yeah, Tracy uh, opens the door and walks in. All right, inside is really kind of jammed with stuff. You know, like in thrift stores, how it's just like there are open bins of stuff and it's like vaguely sorted? The signs are just like pointy things and heavy things and uh, slippery things and they're just kind of like all in like big bins and barrels. Is one of those signs cool shit? Yeah, one of them is in fact cool shit. And Ara goes over to that one and starts pulling everything out so she can look at each item one by one. Cool, cool. And Tracy splits up and goes to the heavy stuff bin. Is there any perhaps machinery parts or like kids first Warforged parts? (laughs) Yeah, okay, you can I mean you can talk to the guy at the front. Say, my good man, do you have any materials if I were to, say, create an automaton? Mm, I know what you're talking about, brother. I definitely have mm, some parts to looking for you over on this way. And he kind of, like, lazily points his head over to one of the corners, and it says bits and bolts, and there's a very big bin. You strike me as a man of good taste. Here, here's my card. If you ever need me, you know what to do with it. <laughs> Johnny, mm. what do you think is going to happen with all these cards? I don't know where I'm going to put this thing, but I appreciate you giving it to me. Mm-hmm. This is how you can remember me. And he takes a mandolin off of his back and he starts playing just like kind of like a crunchy acoustic cover of a song you've never heard before. All and right. he, does, he doesn't know the lyrics, but he just is humming along to it. And he's like, like mm-hmm. as he's doing that, mm-hmm. I wave my hand mm-hmm. over him mm-hmm. and the music mm-hmm. becomes not only just amplified, mm-hmm. but it becomes better. Because that's what I can I do thought with you were going to mute digits. it, Johnny. Come on, be a bro. Mm, and now it's actually, it's much louder. And it's it like a, there is a PA system around the store. And uh, yeah, it actually sounds a little bit better. A little less crunchy, a little more intelligible. I give him a wink and walk towards the bits and bolts. Cool. I want you all to make investigation checks. Gladly. 15. 17 plus 4, 21. Oh, wow. Ooh. Hey. I don't want to talk about it. What'd you get, buddy? <laughs> What'd you get? I got a six. Oh, we we got trade detective. dice. Okay. You know what? Johnny, you actually in the bits and bolts bin, you find a magnifying glass. And uh, if you want, you can give it to your pal Tracy. Not only do I want to do that, but it is something that would make me Michael <laughs> and me Johnny very happy. I take the magnifying glass over to to Tracy and go, I'm going to give you this because I think think you you deserve it. Tracy takes the magnifying glass and he immediately starts looking over every inch of Johnny. (laughs) Roll an investigation check. I I rolled a critical one. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, Johnny has really big pores. Uh, and Tracy <laughs> turns the magnifying glass on to the bin of heavy stuff. I'm going to give you another roll on the investigation. 
Uh, I got a 17 plus 3, and that's 20. Nice. Okay. Uh, let's start with Tracy. Tracy, now with your newfound magnifying glass, you're kind of looking everything over in the heavy stuff. Bin. And kind of push some ratty shields off to the side. There's, like, actual just, like, blocks of lead in there for some reason. And you find some spiked shoulder pads in there. And they're very punk rock. They have, like, little spikes on them. And they shimmer a little bit in the store light. Tracy's never been more excited than in this moment right now. He immediately picks these things up and puts them on his shoulders. Tracy, make a performance check for me. Seven. Tracy, all of a sudden, you feel an urge come over you. It's one that you've never felt before, and I'm pretty sure it's extremely new. You feel like like singing. You're empowered to do so. And for some reason, as you open your mouth, nothing comes out. And it's like you have this dream where you're going on stage in, like, high school and you're, like, supposed to be in the musical. And then you forget all of your lines and nothing comes out. And you feel very vulnerable all of a sudden. Tracy doesn't know exactly what to do, so he does, like, a slide onto one knee and jazz hands. The guy at the counter claps a little bit, but he's the only one. Everyone's very confused. The guy at the counter gets up and says, Oh, yeah, I remember these. This is from my old Jam Bam buddies. You know, he was a really charismatic guy. He always used it to psych himself up. He wore this for every show. You know, he was a showman. I don't know. Those might be a little too punk rock for you, my dude. Oh, okay. Do you have any, like, any actual armor? Ah, nothing else that fits you. But, you know... I've had some bad memories before, you know, my band broke up and then we came back together and then we broke up again and then we called ourselves Wings and then we stopped <laughs> being a band again. So, you know what, just take, you know what, just take those. You know, I, that's from me. Maybe you can redeem the power that we lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews runs this place. <laughs> David, this is Dave Matthews. Is his name David Matthews? It's David Matthews, yes, this is the guy's name. <laughs> so, Tracy... Those are the armor plate of the punk rocker, and you need to make a performance roll every time you want to use them. And if you make a proper performance roll and you succeed, which you did not do, you would get plus two to your AC as soon as you enter combat. But if you fail, you will get a minus two to your AC. Johnny, what are you looking for exactly in the bits and bots? Are you looking for like a part or are you uh, for I'm creating like a kit. Looking on one of the early pages of my first Warforged book, it gives a list of the items that anyone should have as part of their Robomancy kit mm -hmm. if they're going to be using it and studying and learning that skill. Cool. And I dig through the items in the bins to try to find all of the parts of that kit so I can uh, create at least a rudimentary kit so that I could uh, begin to properly use my Robomancy skill. Sure. Okay. That's actually pretty easy because there's a lot of just like scraps of stuff in here. I mean, you pick out a few cogs, some pretty wide gears, and you actually find a sizable wrench as well. It definitely has some heft to it. So if you want to smack someone with it, you can do that as well. Um, you actually notice that a lot of this is mechanical mm -hmm. and the repair of it is mechanical. But the core, the thing that powers the thing, much like the gun, the magic is the gunpowder. The core, the power, the energy of the Warforged is the magic. It's the arcane. Is yeah. the arcane part. David Mathieu, he says, um, it sounds like you found the thing that you really needed. Uh, that's good for you. You still need to pay, though, because it's not cursed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, did I say it? Oh, I just said that out loud, didn't I? Yeah, those, those armors are cursed. Big, Big Eddie really went down hard. I cast light on the card near him and say, you see that? That card is credit. The best credit in the world. The credit of the Kikos. You tell them that Alonzo or even Maximilian is paying the dues. They'll know why. They'll take care of it. And they'll even pay double. Deception check, please. Seven plus four. Eleven. 
this won't surprise you, but David Mathieu is a very easily convinced man. <laughs> he says, oh, man, the Kikos are going to come. I can just play and play in some of my jams. Like, Ants is marching into my store. Oh, it's no. one of my songs. Ants <laughs> marching into one of my store. <laughs> yeah, man, I right, put that on credit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anara. Yeah. You were digging around. What is this, the cool shit bin? <laughs> yes. The cool <laughs> Oh, I love this story. You it's laugh, really well. But I, I can't get more direct about what Inara wants. As you're digging through the cool shit bin, there's like a glowing crossbow in there and like a skull that kind of just like opens up by itself and then closes. And you keep digging through. You actually feel drawn towards a satchel. And it is a, this black velvet satchel with a drawstring and it's closed up tight. I pick it up and I open it. As you open it, you look inside, and these are the most beautiful marbles you've ever seen in your life. They seem like they were crafted right from a glass blower, and the swirls and the clouds inside are like an entire universe is contained within this big marble. And the other marbles surrounding it are like small planets scattered around in it, deep black with specks of light. And you feel drawn to them, and you automatically, without question, get down on your knees and start to play. Have you ever played marbles before? No. Well, here's how you play marbles. You take the big one, and you try to flick it at some of the other marbles, and uh, you get them out of this circle. You're supposed to, like, play against another person, and then if you win, you, like, get their marbles. In our upon seeing these marbles remembers the star blinking out last night and is abruptly pretty worried so she might do one or two shots at this marble game but then remembers what the heck she's doing and wants to stop as you get down you set them all up and you take the big one and you just kind of flick it as hard as you can at one of the marbles and I want you to make a dex roll for me plus five, 13. The marble that you flick off hits one of the other marbles and it kind of skitters out the door. I'm going to run after it because I don't want to steal stuff or lose one of these marbles. As you run out the door, you see, kind of see the marble bounce outside and it lands under someone's foot. And you kind of like reach down for the marble, but like it's firmly under this person's foot. My hand freezes over the marble, and I look up to see who this person is. You can't really tell. They have, like, a cloak pulled up as high as they can over their neck, and, like, a helmet is almost, like, pulled down over their face. And they reach down, pick up the marble, look at it, and flick it back to you. And uh, do you grab it? I catch it, yeah. All of a sudden, they kind of pulls out more marbles, and they start flicking five of them at you. I want you to make a deck save for me. Yeah, I'm going to try to catch as many as I can. I got a 13 plus 5 for an 18. Yeah, you catch every single one. You snag them all out of the air. You even grab one, like, right before it hits the ground. Hell yeah. And uh, you almost feel like the person in the helmet nods. You can't tell because it's behind a helmet, but they definitely seem pleased, and you're pleased at yourself. And they hold out a note that's folded over twice on itself into quarters. As you open it up, it has a square with a triangle on top and a dot in the middle. And from learning Thievescan, you know that this sign means ready. Yes. And as you look up, the person is gone. You have leveled up to... Level three, and your archetype, as you've told me, is assassin. Inara looks around kind of both directions to see if she can discern where this person went to, but she can't, and she just whispers, cool, and goes back <laughs> inside with her pockets full of marbles and this note tucked in the like small pocket in her tunic under the cloak. Tracy, Dave Matthews beckons you over. Uh, dude, ma'am, you don't really seem like the performing type, do you? Tracy just looks at him. 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I definitely didn't think you. I didn't think that you were. Um, give me a shield. I reluctantly grab from behind my back my shield and kind of have a hard time letting it go. We kind of like tussle for a second. I, no, I need. I, I promise. I'm just. I'm just trying to help you, man. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to help you out. Oh, okay. And he hands it over. Dave Matthew takes out a very small dagger. And he starts, like, working it inside of the shield. There are cracks in it. It's not a great shield. It's just, like, kind of shield, right? right? Yeah. So he kind of works his dagger inside of all these cracks. And you kind of see some stuff come out of it. There's, like, all this dirt and, like, rocks and, like, sand that's inside. And you see some feathers that were, like, jammed in there come out. Hey, those are mine! Those feathers are yours? They don't seem like the winged type, my man. Well, they're not. They're not. They're not mine. But they're my. They're my friends. Who? You have. You have a bird friend. More of an owl. Uh, owl bear. Her, her. Her name is Nessie. Hmm. Let's see what I can do for you. It is like this leather rope that he has around his neck, and he undoes it, and there is a uh, like a quartz crystal on it before, and he kind of like ties the cord around the feathers, and they're held there as like a little necklace. He says, if you can do something for me, man, I'm sure there's some other big dude with big personality who needs these more than you do and a lot more than I do. It's just a lot of hurt. If you can deliver them to someone who needs them, I think I can give you something that you need as well. And he holds out the necklace to you. You know, I can I can definitely do that. Thank you. Tight. And Tracy kind of like jiggles with the clasp on his cape and sort of replaces it with the medallion necklace. Tracy, you feel connected to Nessie in a way that you hadn't before. You loved her, but you tussled with an owlbear twice and you held her off. And Tracy, you have leveled up to level three barbarian. And you follow the path of the owlbear. Yes. Seeing that Inara is back with some weird marbles in their hands, and now that Tracy also has this uh, beautiful necklace, I open my book and read a passage. Today we thank the light, for ye we have succeeded, and yea... We have achieved, <laughs> God and damn. woe, the, the enemies will perish. And thy. And thus, I will bring more non-humanoids to life with light. And therefore, hey, what? you will, uh, Anara will join an Assassin's League. And thus. The I, darkest of factions? So dear. And thus, Tracy will become more man than machine. And woe to all <laughs> who oppose us. The light shall succeed ever after. Let's get out of this store and figure out where Alonzo went. Nice. Yeah, good. Nice. Nice. Good lyrics, man. You just did that all right off the top of the dome? No, it's obviously written right here. Scribble, scribble, scribble. Dave, Dave Matthew is uh, writing down notes for his next album. Dave Matthew knows you're lying, but he's very, <laughs> he's really, yeah, he's scribbling down the like, notes. And he's like plucking on his mandolin like to figure out the chord progression for that one. Like, oh, like the light in the light is coming here. I'm going to avoid listening to that and start walking out of the store. Yeah, Nara doesn't know why you're leaving, but never questions a timely exit. So we are off back into the market. Yeah. All right. All of you head out. And you're clearing your way out through the market. Yeah, I think you've hit all of the stalls. And, of course, you make a very conscious pass to go by the pet store. But you just, like, try to, like, cover Joe the camel. <laughs> yeah, like, with our clothes, just sneak by Pink Panther style. Yeah, exactly. I want to make sure that any street urchins we run into, I give a very subtle little wink to. This is, after all, flip day, which is going to be immortalized hereafter. <laughs> All the urchins who you nod to, they all nod back. Nice. So you actually see like some of them whispering to each other and pointing at each one of you. Is like one of you's pointing at one of them's pointing at Tracy, and they all like. And he was there, and she was there, and he was there. 
As you make your way out of the market and the montage is over, you see the long winding path that goes back up to the castle and you even see the shortcut. You see it actually pretty clearly. It's just like going through a few trees up near the castle. And you notice only like a hundred feet in front of you is a billowing red cape that you stole from James's locker and long black hair flowing in the wind. And Alonzo by himself is just making his way back to the castle. I hope Stoneface is doing well. Let's go see him after we talk to Alonzo. Alonzo, wait! Here we go again. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The Party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.